Hey everybody, welcome to Conversation Romance, the podcast. This is the reading edition. We are we read it this uh, this time of year. We read every night at eight p.m. Central Time. So, Trip and I are now in the RV. If it looks a little bit different than it has before, Trip and I are in the RV in a Walmart parking lot. I have no idea what the name of the town is. No clue. But we're here. And hopefully, this sound, hope the the sounds okay. We got uh, a little bit of dinner in. I got my water right here for later. And here we go. My name is Jeff Johnson. I'm the I am the host for the podcast, and I'm the reader. I'm also the janitor, the bathroom attendant, the cook, and the uh, well, everything except for. Uh, executive producer that's my that's Shirley Shirley's my executive producer she's tweaking and twerking on something over there I don't know if it doesn't sound good or it doesn't look good it's definitely her fault not mine you're welcome Shirley all right so the book we're reading tonight is uh we're reading chapter nine one through eight are available for free on the podcast patreon and just about anywhere else you find uh find your podcast needs and we're reading burning ember Chapter 9 is my book called Sarah... Oh, shit. I'm a little... uh, I'm not quite as relaxed as I normally am. But the... uh, Chapter 9, Burning Ember... It was was written by a lady named Sarah Arden. That's her pen name, and it happens to be a friend of mine, too. I'm not saying this because she is a friend of mine. I think she's a friend of mine because of how good her first book that I read was. I wanted to be her friend after reading it. She has a way, I know I've said this a lot, but developing characters like crazy. And also she has a way of creating romance and and steamy stuff without any steamy words. I haven't said throbbing or bulging or anything yet. It's crazy, huh? So when we, as far as the book goes, when we, when we opened the book, we met our hero Hayden Cole. A long time established firefighter and established family. He wanted to be a hero, but... When we, we also met the heroine, Sophie. Now, the problem is, he's actually her hero, and she's a heroine because he saved her. It was the first big opportunity of fireman to, to save somebody, and he hesitated, causing her a lot of pain. So, there's a little bit of strife there, and she has a secret to tell him that might tear the whole both of them just right now. So here we go. We're back in the chapter nine. it happened when they were crossing highway five the thing that brought hayden crashing back to the real world that reminded him why he didn't have attachments a semi had blown a tire causing it to jackknife and fling an unsuspecting fiat through the guardrails into the kansas river almost exactly like the accident had taken ben dodd's life as soon as he realized what had happened, Hayden pulled over. Sophie, use the CB to radio to Ember Lake Dispatch. Tell them where we are, and there's been an accident on the bridge. Motorists unaccounted for. Without waiting for a reply and zero thought for his own well-being, he grabbed a multi-tool that could cut seat belts, break glass of a car window, and he flung himself off the bridge down into the swirling, angry waters of the Kansas River. The water was surprisingly cold, and the current pulled him down, dragging him towards almost fully submerged vehicle already. 
It was heavy. A weight on his chest, and he, he fought and clawed toward the surface. There was no light. He couldn't see anything. He wondered if this had been what it was like for Ben. Hayden knew he couldn't let his brain take that turn. He had to fight. He had to get to that car, or the people inside wouldn't have a chance. He wasn't going to fail them like he did Sophie. His chest hurt. His lungs burned, and the surface seemed like a battle he was destined to lose. He had hit the water hard, much, much harder than he had expected. And when he finally surfaced, he fought to breathe. The current determined to keep its prize, to pull him down again and again, to fill his mouth with the muddy, murky water. Hayden kicked hard and strong, working with the water instead of against it, until he reached the fiat. There were two people inside. Females. Young. Teenagers, really. He used the end of the tool to compromise the window, causing it to crack. One of the girls inside understood what he needed her to do as the car rapidly filled with water. She braced herself against the passenger seat and kicked with all her might. The window popped out like a crinkled sheet, and the car finished flooding, sinking rapidly. The river ripped and tore at him, almost like it was a sentiment being angry at his being denied his prize. The girls clung on to him, pushing him down as they struggled to get air. I need you to stop and trust me. We are all going to die if we don't. He said this in a very calm, matter-of-fact tone, even as he swallowed mouthful after mouthful of water. He was able to position himself behind her and prop her head above water, but the current yanked the other girl from his grasp. He kicked towards shore, even though... Even though she started to fight him, once he got her close enough to a sandbar where she could stand, he went back. Even though his muscles were sore and his lungs exhausted, even though he heard the sirens and signaled that the help was there, he didn't know they would get to her in time. Tired or not, he was her only shot. Hayden went back into the water diving again and again into the muddy depths until he found her submerged and unconscious. But he didn't stop. They drifted quite a way down the river by the time he was able to negotiate the both of them to shore. He began chest compressions, rescue breaths, even though he was still coughing and spluttering himself. And thankfully, Finnegan had been one of the responders. Noah had an extra sense about water rescue. He'd been pararescue in the Navy before becoming a fireman. He took over the rescue breaths while Hayden continued compressions until water gurgled from her mouth and she rolled on her side, vomiting up the river, but alive. And breathing, too. <laughs> Hayden rolled on his back and looked up at the sky. <laughs> oh... He didn't want to think about how close he had come or the woman that he left on the bridge. Yeah, I got them. Everyone's accounted for in breathing, Noah said in the radio. Get the bus down here for the girl and Cole. They both swallowed a lot of water. I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't give a shit if you're fine. You're getting checked out, fine or not. Suck it up, buttercup. <clears throat> Hayden wouldn't fight him. What's your name, honey? Noah said to the girl. I thought we were going to die. 
That's a very strange name, lady, but you didn't. You're safe. Your friend is already on her way to the ER, but she's doing really good. Now, can you tell me your real name? <laughs> Clarissa. She reached out for Hayden's hand and, and, and you're alive too. You're here, right? We're all, this is, this is real. Yeah, yeah. Hayden, come on, I didn't die either. Oh, I didn't mean to, <laughs> I know, I know. That's what matters. We made it, that's all that matters, man. Don't worry about it. It was a known fact that rescuers often drown themselves. A drowning person was more likely to scramble to pull themselves up using anything near them, and that meant pushing their would-be rescuers down. It wasn't malicious, but it was instinct, part of a primal fear. You saved my life, the girl said. That's what we do, kiddo. He wrapped a blanket around her shoulders as the blaring sound of the ambulance echoed down the access road. I hope you know you're getting in the back of that bus when it gets here. Yeah, yeah, okay. Good. <laughs> you saved two lives a day. They wouldn't have made it without you, Hayden. So why was that place inside him still empty? Why was there something still there? He just saved two people. That should be it. When the, when the paramedics were loading the girl, he asked, Sophie? Yeah, she's up on the bridge handling everyone and everything. She went in full crisis mode. The guy in the truck was actually Wayne Mitchum. You know, he's got some challenges, he said, Noah said. Sophie stayed with him. She kept him calm, and when she radioed in, she was clear and concise. She's the one who made the call to the girl's parents. That was quick. You'd think she did this every day. Well, she's a therapist, dude. Well, it was it was more than that. Your your sweet girl has iron in her spine and, and a will to match, I'm pretty sure. The paramedics spoke his head. Hey, you coming, dude? I'm not carrying you. <clears throat> what do you mean? I don't get the whole treatment? Like, no. No, no, they know you. Wait. Uh, I'm sorry. Do you need help? Do you need the gurney? He said, no, no, I'm fine. <laughs> but he coughed again, bringing up more of that river water. I guess it couldn't hurt to go get checked out. Good man, dude. So if you meet us at the hospital, you do trust her to drive your truck, right? <laughs> of course. You better marry that dude. Marry that girl, dude. That's all I can say. And this is coming from Finnegan. He doesn't believe in marriage. The paramedics checked him over the <coughs> checked him over on the ride to Ember Lake Memorial. His blood pressure was good, his breath sounds were good, and they assumed he had brought up most of the water he had swallowed on his own. They were gonna let the doc check out to be sure, but man, he wasn't gonna fight it. He was not in the mood to fight. They were all extremely lucky. I mean when he thought about what he had done now, it was it was kind of insane. The drop from the bridge alone could have killed him. Hayden could have easily been another name on the wall at that station house. Whew, man, he'd never thought about that before. 
It was such a foreign thought to him. It didn't upset him, and he was kind of bothered because he knew it should upset him, right? I mean, maybe it was shock. I mean, even first responders had to deal with shock from time to time, right? But he, he thought it was something different, something deeper almost. It was the same emptiness that he had felt earlier, a hole inside of him that he hadn't been aware of, really. Maybe that's why he hadn't been afraid of Sophie in a way, or that's why he had been afraid of Sophie. She had made him see everything. All. Everything and all that was lacking on the inside of Hayden Cole, she exposed. I mean, not that he failed her, but... He felt empty. He scrubbed his hand over his face. Hey, Hayden. Dr. Danielle Meyer, well-known friend, screamed out. Danny, if I'd have known it was you, yeah, you'd still have avoided this place like the plague, wouldn't you, Matt? Wouldn't you, dude? She arched her brow. The girls you saved, their parents are here. They'd like to speak to you if you're up to it. Ooh, his stomach sank and twisted at the same time. He didn't want to be told he was a hero because deep down he still felt like a fraud. If you're not up to it, I can tell him you need your rest, Doc's orders. All right, I'll see him. It's better to get this shit over with, right? I mean, stuff over with, right? Well, you do know that you just gave them a gift that they can never repay. They want to see your face. They want to shake your hand. I know it's kind of like asking for more, but it's what we both signed up for in this life-saving gig, you know. He nodded, steadied himself his best fireman face, and I know. And I feel like an ass that this part of it makes me so uncomfortable, but I am glad I helped him. I'm glad I was there, but I don't want to be thanked for it. Is that wrong? I can't stand to look in their eyes. (sighs) Hayden remembered Sophie looking at him that way after that was over. She was the only one he wanted to be a hero for, but it still felt kind of false, like a lie. Might there be someone else waiting for me, ma'am, first? Your truck is in the parking lot and Sophie's in the waiting room. I'll send her back after the Tomlins and Parkers leave. A blonde woman with tears streaked smudges around her eyes came in a short while later. A myriad of emotions shining in her eyes. Can I hug you? She asked him. Sure. That woman grabbed him so hard, he, her hug was as fierce as any tackle he had ever experienced playing skins and shirts with any firehouse, any football game. He hugged her back too. And he whispered in her ear, it's okay, she's safe. Clarissa is all I've got. After I lost her mom, I I can't thank you enough. I I don't know you, 
But I do love you. He patted her back. She's strong. She's a fighter, that girl. She said she almost took you down, that, that she fought you without meaning to. And you saved her anyway. I don't know how you do what you do, but I will thank God every day I see her that you do it. I'm just glad she and her friend are okay, man. I'll leave you to your other visitors and then you can recuperate in peace and quiet. I had to tell you what it meant to me and I had to thank you. <sighs> the lady walked out as quickly as she walked in and there she was, Sophie. You okay? All the anxiety, all the pressure he had felt closing in on him dissipated. Yeah, I'm all right. I don't think I'm going to be wanting to drink any river water anytime soon. I'll probably end up on an episode of Monsters Inside Me if I do. Other than that, I'm pretty good. I'm glad to hear it. She grabbed his hand. <clears throat> Noah said you not only came through, but that you were managing the scene. She shrugged. Uh, you did what you could do, so I had to do what I could do. It would have been a lot uglier without you. I didn't even stop to think about the driver of the truck. He was obviously in better shape than the girls who could have drowned. Risk assessment in a split second, she exhaled heavily. You're good, dude. He noticed that her face was pale and that the way she stood was stiff and posed. What about you, Sophie? Are you okay? She nodded. Did this make you change your mind about you want from me, Sophie? This was it. This is what he was afraid of. No, I'm not afraid. Then what's wrong? It doesn't change how I feel about you. But I have to process this too. I have the tools and this is what I'm trained to do. But it's not very often you watch someone you care about fleeing themselves off a bridge. And you don't see them surface. Instead, you manage the situation where you're at because you know that's what he'd want you to do. I didn't know if you were alive or dead until Noah radioed. Oof. You understand that this would be our life, Soph. That's something you gotta think about. He hated that he had to remind her of that. Hated that the fact could be what broke their ideal. While I have to accept that this is part of who you are, and I do, you also have to accept that I'm human. What happened today was traumatic, and you can't expect me not to have a reaction. I don't need you to hold my hand and tell me everything is okay. I know it will be okay. I've spent my whole life making it okay. <laughs> so how do I fix it, so? She smiled. That was something I learned early on in this field. You can't fix it. Part of the reason you do what you do is that you are a fixer. You can take action and you can see a positive reaction in the world around you fixed. As she grabbed his hand, 
he said, she said, it's not the same with emotions or trauma. He looked at her. You can really live with this? <laughs> well, I'd live, I, I would rather live with this than without you. Come here. You don't have to make it okay anymore. Hey, just lean on me. Put down whatever you're carrying and I'll carry it for you. Listen to my heartbeat. It's strong. It's solid. And it's yours for however long you want it. That was hard to read. My goodness. Whew. All right, well, that was that's chapter nine. Dad gummit, man. Whew. So here we are. I guess you. I mean, we had to. I mean, uh, yeah, I know that's not going to happen in real life, but you had to have some kind of crisis in there to bring it up. But now we're another. Now we're further away from her telling him that her secret. I didn't. Well, I didn't see it. I didn't want to see it coming. I wanted, to, uh, but it's, it was okay. I mean, I knew he was going to live because there's ten more, what, hundred more pages. <laughs> but it could be a long funeral. Oh, well, everybody, thank you all on the podcast. Thank you very much for that. We won't keep you very. We won't keep you any longer. Uh, it was a pleasure reading that for you. I'm sorry it wasn't my best read. I didn't feel that good about it because I was anxious. I didn't know what was coming, so I started reading it because I I didn't want to look ahead. <laughs> so. I love this book. I hate to admit that I'm a I'm a uh, romance novel fan, but I'm a I'm a this one. I, I hope that next time we might try one that's a little more steamy. We might get a little pulsating or something going on. Rock hard pulsating something. Who knows? Rock hard abs and pulsating brains. But there we go. That's it. So we will be doing this again tomorrow. If you're on the podcast, you can watch it anytime you like. If you want to catch us live, we'll, we'll broadcast it live on TikTok while we record the podcast, just like we've been doing. Uh, 8 o'clock tomorrow is interesting time. And with that, everyone, good night.